Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. I am Scott Pianowski and inviting you cordially to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. Presented by planters who have been satisfying your snack cravings for over a hundred years. Mr. Dalton Del Don, you know what satisfied me today? The World Series, Mookie Betts, stolen bases, defense, base running. You know, sometimes baseball can get bogged down in all the strikeouts and home runs. And it's been satisfying to me over the last week or so that a lot of the things I love about baseball that isn't a home run, that isn't a strikeout, has been prominent in in the Dodgers coming back against the Braves and you know the Rays take care of business uh, against the Astros. I, I really didn't want to see a losing team in the World Series, let alone the cheating Astros. So I've been enjoying the baseball. I, I and it doesn't hurt that I have some LA interest, and I'd like to see some of my long suffering Dodger friends get a title. But uh, what do you what are you making of the baseball these days? Well, I actually have a, a not insignificant futures bet on the Rays, so I've been very into this uh, postseason and. It's brutal. By the time you hear this podcast, I'm sure they will be down 2-0. I was rooting for the Braves hard, not just because I'm a a Giants fan and it's going to be a double whammy when the Dodgers both cost me money and win uh, as rivals. But um, yeah, it it also hindered my ability to hedge as the Dodgers favored now. So I was definitely rooting for the Braves at three up three to one, blowing some base running mistakes. Horrible. Dodgers are just a loaded team. And yeah, they're the best team in baseball. So hopefully the Rays can make something uh, not just person, you know, just for my selfish reasons. But uh, hopefully we get a series out of this because, man, this Dodgers team is really, really good. It's been 32 years since they had a title. I I think it's time I. Maybe it won't be fun. It's, it's interesting. Whoever wins this, uh, whether it be Tampa Bay or L.A., is going to claim to own the American sporting landscape because the Lightning won the Stanley oh, Cup. Right. I, I don't know if I'm breaking that news to you or not. I know you're not <laughs> a big hockey guy. And the Lakers, of course, won the NBA title. So if the Rays were to win this, then it's going to be like, hey, look at the Brady effect, right? He, he inspired a championship <laughs> with with the hockey team and and with the baseball team, and then, of course, if L.A. wins, it's going to be two par- two parades of, of two beloved L.A. franchises. So, um, so somebody's going to have a lot of bragging rights in about five or six days. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, man, i got to tell you, after coming close with my 49ers 40-1 to ticket uh, last, last year, uh, I'm going to be close at the Rays. But unfortunately, you don't get payouts for being close when it comes to gambling, and that's uh, unfortunate. Hey, you can talk to me all about that hedge life, and uh, I'm, I'm always happy to help out a friend. And if you can't, you know, the other option would be to go to our friends at BetMGM, who are our partners on this podcast, and uh, they're going to provide all the odds on this show as we try to get you some winners. And it's a great time to get over to BetMGM. New users get $25 in bonus dollars upon registration. 
No deposit required. You can use it immediately on one of Dalton's great picks this week. And you also receive a 100% deposit match up to $1,000 with that first deposit. Sign up at betmgm.com slash yahoo. Promo valid for new users in New Jersey, West Virginia, Indiana, Colorado, 21 years or older. Terms do apply. Let's give the good people what they want. They want winners, Dalton. They want people, you know, they get the, I wish we had the Mike Singletary proprietary ownership of that quote because I love it so much. But uh, how about a winner with the Giants and Eagles? That's our Thursday night game. The Eagles are four and a half point favorites. The total is set at 45. Uh, half the Eagles team is on the injury report. Giants finally getting the win column last week, being the football team. What do you make of the Thursday night game? I, I laid the points here with the Eagles. I liked it more at three and a half or four. This line feels about right to me. But the short week road team, the Giants actually won. Daniel Jones finally scored for the first time since week one, especially if Slayton gets slowed down by Slay. Uh, I don't see how this team moves the ball at all. I actually ranked the Eagles as like my sec number two fantasy D this week. So thinking, it, thinking of it that way, I held my nose and laid the points. Yeah, uh, you know, it's funny. This game interests me a lot more fantasy-wise than it does maybe from a pick perspective. I, I took the Eagles too. But, you know, Boston, if you're going to play the Thursday DFS card, Boston Scott is 13 bucks. Richard Rodgers needed, as the Eagles have all sorts of cluster injuries at tight end. He's only 10 bucks. I think Travis Fulgham is actually outpriced now at $22. It's, it's maybe a little bit too much for him for DFS, but he looks like a legitimate player. I, I'm glad I have him on a bunch of my rosters. And as you said, it's, it's a Slay versus Slayton matchup, which should be fun. Uh, I Scott let us down the last time we needed him. He was a starter week one when Sanders was hurt, and he did almost nothing. Of course, that game didn't really go according to script. Uh, are you buying the, the Boston Scott chalk this week? Yeah, I know it's risky. We just saw what Madison did, but I still have him ranked pretty bullishly, like 16th among backs. They throw it to him. Um, and also, I have to say, Fulgham, I have moved into my top 25 wide receivers. I know you might see some James Bradbury, but you love the targets and the the downfield looks, man. I'm buying him as a, a real fantasy asset from here on out, even if Deshaun, Wa- Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson finally returns. Yeah, by the way, I, I can't say enough how I don't believe in Jackson, whether it be this week, next week, <laughs> later in the season. I just, I'm, I'm done. He's, he's on my do not fly list. And I mentioned Richard Rodgers earlier. It's been such an ugly year for tight end. And I have a bunch of teams with Mark Andrews. I even have teams with Irv Smith, who I'm dying to play again. They don't play this week. I, you know, if you look, if you, if Johnny Smith plays, which would kill the Ferkser angle in mm-hmm. Tennessee, I, I really think Richard Rodgers, unfortunately, you have to make the decision on Thursday. I think he's going to catch five balls in this game. Yeah, absolutely. The opportunity could be there. And let me say, I was just wrong about the tight end landscape this year. I thought there'd be so many breakouts, you know, it'd be like, oh, pe- teams are going to be starting two of them, man, here or there. And it have been tough to predict. And just it's been top heavy. And it's just been like any other year and, and pretty thin. So uh, very, very, very unfortunate. There. Speaking of tight ends, not failing to live up to hype in this game, Evan Ingram. I mean, I have him buried even even when the thin tight ends, I don't even have him as a top 15 option this week. So he'll probably bust out finally. Um, and, and Fantasy Pros is telling me I have him too low. But what are your thoughts on Ingram? He's just not getting targeted more than four or five yards down the field at all this season. Yeah, it sure looks like Jason Garrett doesn't know what to do with Ingram. I think it's as simple as that. Daniel Jones has taken a step back in the second season. I know the schedule was really nasty for him in the first month. But once you start playing those easier teams, once you start playing the teams in your division, you really get to take advantage of it. He didn't do much against Dallas. He had a mediocre game against Washington, which is supposed to be a plus matchup. So I, it's just an offense I, I don't really want to go near. Even Devonta Freeman, I know he's got projectable yeah. volume, but they feel like empty calories to me. Yeah, that's a tough matchup for him. I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. But yeah, Rodgers, if you're going for a cheap tight end, I, I do like it for sure. 
Let's get to the Sunday slate and uh, Cleveland no show against Pittsburgh last week. They're on the road, still three point favorites over the Bengals. This is a rematch from an earlier game this season. The total is set at 50 and a half. Baker Mayfield got the yips right now. Uh, Joe Burrow's getting, man, he's getting hit. Uh, he only got a couple sacks last week, which is progress, but he's just taken so many hits. What do you make of the Browns and Bengals? One thing I want to mention on the Giants, if they swung and missed on Andrew Thomas, that left tackle is already in a platoon with their early pick. Ouch, man. That is a, that's a rough one. Also, if Daniel Jones, you know, his development has taken a step back. Um, this, I felt like this one was uh, not one of my favorite uh, bets of the week. I took the home dog, the Bengals. I think Mayfield, um, Mayfield's a problem. Maybe they win this game by just running the ball. Mixon's banged up, but um, Burrow's good enough. The defense is feisty enough. So I'll just take, a, I'll take the home dog here. Yeah, I took the Bengals too. I think the only angle I could ever take the Browns is you need to rely on the defense to dominate the game, maybe Burrow to turn the ball over a few times, and that's certainly in play. Uh, the Bengals kind of stole a cheap cover the first time they played where I think Mayf- uh, I want to say Burrow had, was 5 for 5 on fourth down conversions. I mean, that's just not you can't live that way. Uh, it's good to go for it on fourth down. You're just not expected to make all of them. Are you buying this A.J. Green resurgence when, when he was left for dead? And I, God knows I've been saying that just about all season. He, he looked pretty good last week. Do you think it was just a dead cat bounce or is there anything there with A.J. Green? Good point about this being, I believe, one of two uh, rematches uh, this week. Uh, A.J. Green, I did move up back into flex territory just because the volume's been there. And you could you could write the narrative that he hadn't got a full practice in since 2018 until uh, right before the season. And maybe he was, you know, just you know, sluggish, getting back into game shape. Uh, but having said that, I'm having him around the 40th range. So I'm just saying I'm not ready to totally bury him like I'm dropping T.Y. Hilton because of the volume. And I still have T. T. Higgins as a top 25 fantasy start this week. So I guess I'm somewhere in between with A.J. Green. He's back on the radar. My A.J. Green stance is going to be go try to get T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd if there's any yeah. perceived break in their value. Not that, you know, the, the guys who own Higgins and Boyd probably happy with those players, but maybe you can use this green flash as an opportunity to get somebody else i, I don't think it's going to last and I, I think he's probably going to be hurt in the next couple of weeks anyway I, I i we had a hell of a time aj green but you know it's 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 not me it's you uh dallas they have a football team it's hard to believe i i pick them every week and it just goes horribly awry they're actually underdogs at the wft uh the football team one point favorite the total just 45 and a half for a game that involves the Cowboys. That, that tells yeah, you how bad weird. their offense looked on Monday night. I, you know, give me a pick on this game and, and tell people, what do we do? What, what is the post-Dak Prescott offense going to be for the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, Dallas in first place, despite uh, what, they're on pace to allow like the most points since the merger. Something crazy. Um, I, I was very wrong. I liked Dallas. One of my best bets last week. Uh, I mean, Zeke losing two fumbles right away didn't help things, but obviously uh, it, it was ugly. Andy Dalton's first start. I think the volume will be there, and he's a fine streamer moving forward just because of the the situation he's in, um, uh, the, the three awesome wide receivers and the terrible defense, and they can't run the ball with that offensive line. Um, I don't think this is just me being bitter about Dallas uh, biting me last week, but I love Washington this week. I just their defense is so much better. It's a pick em. Kyle Allen is plenty competent. I expect Terry McLaurin to have a nice game here. So uh, Washington's actually one of my three or four favorite bets of the week. I can't even remember who took the staff picks. That shows you how uninterested I am in, in, in getting over to BetMGM and actually betting on this game. But one player who I think is really under the radar, I, I know we all want Gibson to be a star in Washington, and maybe he will be someday. But J.D. McKissick is getting volume 
And with a really bad offensive line in Washington, what do you do when you have a bad offensive line? You mask it by you use you have to focus on the passing game. And Gibson and McKissick are, are catching multiple passes every week. It doesn't seem to matter who the quarterback is. Eleven dollars in DFS. I, I know he's not really a home run guy. There's not a blow up line that you could imagine for McKissick, and he's in a timeshare. But I feel like he's a very safe value that would get you at least your money back and has a little bit of upside because he's used so much in the passing game. Yep, I like it. I have him ranked in my top as a top 35 back. I had to add him and use him in a league in which I'm dealing with buys. Got him last night, was happy about it. So uh, yeah, I'm with you. McKissick is a nice nice sleeper this week. But I think that defense could do work against that Dallas offensive line. I, I, I really, uh, I, I like Dallas. Uh, I'm sorry, I like Washington this week. Detroit Lions and Leah Falcons, a couple teams feeling better about themselves. The Falcons got their first win of the season and Detroit laid waste to Jacksonville off their bye week. The Falcons at home are two and a half point favorites, a really juicy over-under of 56 in this game. Yeah, I guess the Falcons get Julio Jones back. Everything looks different. And I got to give yeah. the Lions credit. After the bye week, they they were pretty tidy on offense. Now, now Atlanta is 30th against the pass in DVOA and 8th against the rush. So I, w- I would think this is probably a good Matthew Stafford spot. I don't know what's happened to Marvin Jones what do you make of the Lions and Falcons? Yeah, Marvin Jones is going to blow up one of these weeks. It could be this one. Um, this would be the one, like you just said on the last one, is like I couldn't, uh, I'd have to think of who I took in staff picks. The two and a half line seems about right. You, you noted that Julio made that offense look totally different. Obviously, the new coach helped. Uh, but at the same time, Atlanta's allowed the most yards per play in the NFL this season. So I could see Detroit putting up points too. So I took the home team giving less than the full three, but this is a stay away for me. Dare we go near Todd Gurley? Uh, Detroit 12th yeah, against the pass, too. despite having some injuries in the secondary, and they're 30th against the rush. Uh, I mean, I guess for, for seasonal, maybe you have to play Gurley because there just isn't a lot of depth in run, at running back. But would you have the nerve to play Gurley in DFS or, or to proactively play him in spots where he wouldn't be an obvious pick? Wow. Okay. In season long, you're right. I have to rank him high. I mean, the volume is there, the matchup's right, but DFS, no, I may mean for more upside guys that catch the ball and could actually have a long run and have a higher ceiling. So I guess uh, season long, yeah, you're absolutely top 15 type start, but DFS, no, you'll be in zero of my lineups. I think I picked the Falcons this game and I'm not even sure. It's just hard. Every time I want to make a bet on a Matt Patricia team, my, my arm just can't, you know, make the keystrokes. So, um, not, not that the Falcons are anything, you know, lovely to write home about. Uh, let's talk about the Carolina Panthers and New Orleans Saints. Just when everybody was in love with everything Carolina, they laid a, an egg against the Bears last week. But the Bears have a pretty good defense. Let's give them some credit for that. The Saints escaped with a Monday night win two weeks ago. They're coming off their bye at home. New Orleans is a seven-and-a-half point favorite on BetMGM. The total, 51-and-a-half. We're, we're still at least a week or two away from Christian McCaffrey. What do you make of the Paints, uh, the Paints, the Panthers and the Saints? Yeah, um, I, I don't know what to make of the Saints this year, but coming off the bye at home, Bridgewater he puts up a lot of yards, but the touchdowns haven't quite been there. So I, I laid the wood here. Uh, didn't love it, though. What do you think, P&L? T- talk me through this one. Yeah, I th- I'm willing to give the Panthers a break last week. I think there are very few defenses that move the needle anymore, but the Bears are one of them. I think the, the Buccaneers are the best defense in football, and then it's probably the Colts and the Bears. The next couple of teams, there aren't that many defenses. I'm really like, oh, good, stay away from those guys. But maybe the Bears are one of those teams. DJ Moore left a lot of yards on the field last week. He probably could have had two or three more catches. He he dropped what I thought was a catchable ball in the end zone. Carolina is a better team than that. I like that the young defense has actually been pretty good in past 
uh, defense. It hasn't been a great running defense, as we know. But this is Saints, this is not the New Orleans Saints offensive line that's been the last couple of years where they just trample all over everything. I think Carolina makes it a game. And it's not that I'm passionate to bet Carolina in this game. I could never take the Saints and lay this number. I think Carolina can be competitive here. Yeah, no, I would not be surprised if Carolina won outright. Um, but at home and Kamara against that run defense, I mean, his ownership's going to be so so high in, in DFS uh, with people looking at you know the matchup with Carolina. But uh, maybe even Latavius Murray gets involved. But uh, sure, I certainly wouldn't fault you to taking the points here. Are there any Taysom Hill props that you want us to, to know about? No, man. What, what, <laughs> so crazy. Doing that on, on, on a standalone games, Twitter goes crazy. Yeah, I don't know, man. Peyton's, uh, it, it's wild what he's doing with that. I'm just glad the one thing that can unite America these days is the dislike of Taysom Hill. Yeah, that yeah, we, you sure. know, let, let Drew Brees, let your Hall of Fame quarterback, or even let Jameis Winston come in. I, I'm just so sick. I know some of the plays have worked. He, he had a big touchdown run against the Chargers, but I'm, I'm just sick of the Taysom Hill. Don't forget, experience. they get Michael Thomas back here, too. I mean, maybe suddenly mm-hmm. that offense is you know 10% better, too. So I did definitely factor that in when I laid the points because he was supposedly maybe ready to play two weeks ago, the disciplinary. So maybe he's right. all, almost 100%. So there's Well, he must have been disciplined for saying something negative about Taysom Hill. I, right. you know, that's <laughs> right. probably the unreported no story in New no Orleans. Uh, and I like that they use Jared Cook down the seam in, in some of those deeper routes that a lot of tight ends don't run. He's one of my favorite same players to watch. All right. It's the New York, New York Jets part of the program. I pick them every week. We all know they don't win. We all know they don't cover. I even picked New England last week as my survivor pick when I had Miami just begging to be selected. Buffalo is at the Jets spot, and Buffalo's off two straight losses. They're spotting 13.5 on the road. The total is 45.5. What do we do with the Jets? Are the Jets ever going to cover? Are they going to go? Are they going to run the table and lose every game and not cover? That would be something, right? I don't think anybody's ever come close to doing that but do we have the stomach to take the jets they're on the pace for the worst point differential of all time um, but i am gonna take the points here i just they were getting eight and a half in miami last week now they're at home getting 13 i mean that's a pretty pretty drastic uh line change i know that buffalo is going to be fired up coming off those two games but they're also in a short week um obviously not long travel but that's a lot of points uh, Josh Allen's obviously not as uh, as bad as he's looked the last couple games, but still the the Jets might even get Sam Darnold back. He returned to practice, so I, I held my nose here. Ultimate hold your nose, um, and, and and took the points. Other than Jameis and Crowder, is there anybody on the Jets' offense that you could play for fantasy even in a deeper league? No, because I, I would have said Rashad Perryman really cheap, but he might have to see a lot of Tredavious White this game. So not really even him. No, like P. Ryan, you could hold on to super deep leagues and see what happens there. But no, it's Crowder and no one else. Fair enough. I'm not going to argue with that. Man, just when I accepted that the Aaron Rodgers revenge tour was, you know, I thought he was like a, board, a borderline MVP candidate. and He played one good quarter against the Bucs and then he totally went into a shell Looked like he was point shaving, even through a pick six, which he almost never does. But they're still favored on the road against the Texans, one of the best one in five teams I've ever seen. But you know, they can't seem to stop anybody. Green Bay's a three and a half point pick in this game and a very high total of 56 and a half. Uh, what do you make of the Packers and Texans? I really like the Texans. They're getting more than the three at home. Both quarterbacks are going to be fired up coming off last week. Deshaun Watson was so upset, losing the coin toss. He knows he has such a bad defense, but the Packers' defense are are rough too. So uh, David Bakhtiari, check on his health. I think he should be okay. The star left tackle for Green Bay. 
Um, I'm not sure how much David Johnson can really take advantage of Green Bay's, uh, you know, susceptibility to running. But man, dude, Deshaun Watson's getting 8.9 YPA this year after losing DeAndre Hopkins. Tough schedule. Uh, since Bill O'Brien's left, they've been running play action. He has Houston getting the second most yards per attempt in the NFL this year with David Johnson as his running back. Man, I'm impressed with Watson, so I'm taking the points here happily. One of my one of my favorite bets of the week. Yeah, it's been nice to see the Houston offense modernized. You mentioned the play action. They're also doing a lot more pre-step motion, which is like what all the smart teams do, right? You get the defense to dictate its hand. You know, you can def- you can get a man or a zone definition before the snap. Why would you not want to do that? I sure seemed like a lot of things Bill O'Brien was doing were certainly antiquated. And they've kind of narrowed their target tree for the better, right? I mean, we've seen Cooks has had his two best games in a while. Fuller's been terrific. Darren Fells has been a factor two straight weeks. I think you need one of the Houston tight ends to be hurt to maybe play Fells. But, you know, as long as they don't have Aikens ready to go, it makes me sad because I had a lot of Aikens shares. But I, I think Fells is playable too. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. I, I took Green Bay because we're, we're not – when I think a good team is embarrassed, a well-coached team is embarrassed, and I'm going to back this up with the Patriots a little bit later, I, I just like to come back with them the next week, and I just don't think Houston can stop anything. But it, it is nice to see the Texans you know, playing a 2020 version of offense where it sure seemed like a lot of Bill O'Brien concepts yeah. were outdated. I don't think Green Bay's a fraud by any means either. I think that Tampa Bay defense is the real deal. It's a tough one, so I hear you. I, I would prefer, I'm all over the Texans, I'd prefer if Green Bay was coming off a win for sure. So I see that side. And what were your thoughts on Crennel going for two to go up nine? I mean, I loved it personally, but I know he got some heat for it. Would, would you have an opinion on that? One? I think, I don't think it's, there are certain things that are solved, I think. Like when you're, when you're down 15 and you score the touchdown late, you have to get the two to get the information that reveal has value. I could go either way on that, too. I don't think it's wrong or clearly right. I think it's just a prefer- preferential move. Totally. And while we're here, I have to, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, I do think our guy, or mainly your guy, Pino, MVS, is uh, a deep uh, DFS sleeper this week because Bradley Roby, not bad, could cover uh, Adams. And yes, I obviously think Aaron Jones have a big game, but man, the over-under in this game is like 56. Uh, I think this would be a fun DFS one. If you're looking for a cheap option, it's, it's MVS. We still seeing the air yards. Wow. I actually love Devontae Adams, the second game back. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. You you could start his projection with with three digits. You know, he's going well over 100. You're listening to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast, our Wednesday show released on Thursday, where we talk handicapping, Scott Pianowski and Dalton Del Don giving you some picks. And if you like some of the stuff you hear here, or, hey, you don't like it, you want to fade it, get over to our friends at BetMGM, giving us the lines today, and uh, get in, you know, play some whatever it is you want about teasers you want to bet player props you want to bet you know who's, who's going to win with the spread totals whatever it is money lines we don't talk a lot about money lines here but if you like an underdog why not sprinkle a little bit on the money line the pittsburgh steelers undefeated man did they big brother little brother the cleveland browns now they go to tennessee there's been some line movement in this game the titans currently a one and a half point favorite and Whatever they were dealing with with COVID, it didn't seem to hold them back at all. A 50 and a half over under, one of the marquee games of the week. What do you make of the Steelers and Titans? I took the Steelers, but this is a stay away for me. This is the right line. I can see this going either way. I have two undefeated teams. Um, Steelers lost Devin Bush, but Tennessee lost left tackle Taylor Lewan. Could be obviously a bigger loss there. Steelers just have a far, far better defense. And uh, Titans just played, what, two games in five days. Um, they've had a lot of turnover luck as well, but... 
man, I like what Vrabel's doing, you know, uh, stealing 20 seconds here and there against the rule book. Mm-hmm. And um, Tannehill's the real deal. Obviously, big dog Derrick Henry. So expect a really fun game. And it could be a sneaky uh, sneaky DFS game despite Pittsburgh's defense. But, um, yeah, can't wait to watch this one. It's one I would stay away from betting-wise. Tannehill has unbelievable stats in the red zone. And you know, last year, their touchdown efficiency in Tennessee was ridiculous. I, I just don't know how repeatable a skill that is, but Tannehill's got like a calendar year starts with Tennessee and, and he's playing in an MVP level. I, at some point, maybe we just have to accept it. So I, I read this, uh, this stat, Tennessee has faced 16 red zone attempts defensively and they've allowed 14 touchdowns and yet they're still five and oh, I don't know. Turnover, the weird thing. I don't know. They're a weird team in, in general, but I will say as far as offensively on the red, in the red zone, it certainly helps having a 200, whatever, 50 pound absolute beast. That certainly helps too. But, and all the play action, uh, Ryan Tannehill is really, really good, man. Would you, would you have guessed this in a million years when you watch him in the dolphins that he'd be, uh, r- real life this good. I mean, look at all the, like the nerd advanced stats too. They say he's so pinpoint accurate. It's pretty wild. I will say one thing. I did proactively in my 400 pick league draft him last year because I just thought he could oh, wow. beat out Mariota. Now, now beating out Marcus Mariota and playing at a Pro Bowl slash <laughs> you know lower level MVP rate is two totally different things. Uh, of course, I didn't see AJ Brown coming. You know, I, I, I knew he was an interesting prospect. I had no idea he would you know become this field defining stretch player. Um, and you know, Arthur Smith, right. He's going to be on the short list of core. I don't think there's any way he's with the Titans next year. Somebody's going to hire that guy. So maybe it's just a confluence of things. They have a plus offensive line, although they just lost their left tackle for the season. We'll have to see how that plays out. I also want to mention, I I know we've talked about this dealer wide receiver group to to death. So I'm I'm not really going to bring that up, although I will mention that Deontay Johnson practiced on Wednesday. But isn't it interesting for all the talent the Steelers have at receiver? Ben Roethlisberger is having a very ordinary, I would I would say right now in standard leagues, not even startable season. Well, they, real quick with Tennessee, they haven't had A.J. Brown and Corey Davis both healthy at once, too. But you're right. Unfortunately, Big Ben, it looks like he's not going to return to the same player. Juju, I'm really worried about fantasy-wise with these when these receivers get healthy. He is just not going downfield at all. And I, I mean, I have him outside of my top 35 receivers right now. Um, yeah, there was a clip like a week ago, too, of Ben walking to the sideline looking at his elbow. I don't know if it means anything, but maybe as the season progresses, he feels better being rusty. I don't know. I think right now you're, you're right. It's not the, the past superstar version, despite all these weapons he has. I have one team that has Roethlisberger and James Conner. So let me tell you, I love it when they hand it off to Chase Claypool at the three-yard line <laughs> and he runs it in. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, what two, a, what a yeah. monster. Yeah, back to back weeks. That guy looks like I, I, I know we've we've been clay pulling you for like crazy for two weeks, but man, what a fun player he is! This looks like a fun game. Seattle at Arizona. Uh, Russell Wilson right now, the the MVP front runner. I'm I'm still not really sure how great Kyler Murray is, but he's on pace to have around a, a thousand rushing yards and sixteen rushing touchdowns. He looks untackleable. I don't know who said this first, but he he runs like a punt returner. He doesn't run like a quarterback. I mean, he is so hard to defend. The Seahawks are three and a half point favorites on the road. And the total, as you would expect, very juicy, 55 and a half. What are you making of the Seahawks and Cardinals? I know the Cardinals last played Monday night. The Seahawks just had a bye, but I'm going to take more than three and a half. Cardinals are a weird team um, and as awesome as Russell Wilson is. That defense is just totally beatable. It's a lot of points, uh, you know, more than the field goal on the road. So I took Arizona here and uh, let me clarify, I'm with you on Devontae Adams, despite what Bradley Roby. Uh, my only thing was I actually have rare. I usually have Adams. I'm going to have him locked in as my number one receiver each week, but 
given the matchup with Seattle and given that other matchup with Roby, I did move Hopkins above Adams this week. But this should be a fun game and the, the late slate and the afternoon slate for a lot of points being scored. Uh, but I took the points. Okay, well, let's see. Uh, what's the meter on the Drake? Are we, are we loving the Drake no. or hating the Drake this week? Uh, that was ridiculous. Whatever the one sixty-nine yard run at the end, when the whatever the, the line was all crouched by the line of scrimmage. Uh, no, I can't. You can't start Drake with with confidence, can you? I hate him. Can, uh, can you start Christian Kirk with confidence in this matchup? Yeah, against well, not with confidence because he took required a long play. But in this matchup in Seattle, giving up all the the. All the fantasy points to the wide receivers. I, I do like Kirk as a, as a nice sleeper this week. Yeah, we should mention the Seahawks are 29th in DVOA pass defense, which is lousy, and they're ninth in rush defense. Now, those numbers will probably get mucked up this week because Murray will probably run for 75 yards. I don't know what the prop is for Murray's rushing yardage, but I, I would be very inclined to go over on that because he's just dynamic. Although sometimes Kingsbury's called him out and said, look, I remember you said in the Niners game, the long touchdown run Murray had Kingsbury said, Hey, that was supposed to be a touchdown to Christian Kirk. He was totally wide open. I don't know why he didn't, we didn't throw it. I, you know, I'm still not sure how good Murray is as a real life quarterback, but man, the unbelievable athlete, unbelievable runner. And uh, this should be a fun game. I I think you're going to need what 40 points to win this game. Probably. Yeah. I'm looking up now, even coming off the bye, the Seahawks have allowed 397 more yards than the next worst team to wide receivers. So man, it's a pretty good matchup there, but yeah, definitely should be a lot of points scored. Russell Wilson's going to have another big game. And um, yeah, I, uh, Chris Carson's very interested in his usage. Uh, the targets have been way, way up. So um, yeah, this would be a fun DFS one for sure. I'm going to pat myself on the back. I, proactively got out there early on Twitter and said, hey, the Patriots are given two and a half. You get to jump on that while you can get it. And of course, now the line has gone down to one and a half. So what do I know? Uh, New England, a one and a half point favorite over the visiting 49ers, a low total of 43 and a half. Obviously, both of these teams are in a little bit of a funk. I mean, the Niners got their group back last week, but they looked terrible two weeks ago. Garoppolo doesn't look healthy right now. And, and Cam Newton had rust all over him in that game against Denver. I, I didn't think Denver really wanted to win that game, but the Patriots didn't want to win it either. What do you make of the Niners and Pats? I've been wrong in the Niners since week one, I believe. Um, I am going to take them this week. Uh, they don't rely on home field as much, but man, I don't like going against Belichick, especially after what they've lost two games in a row. Um, I don't know. The defense just does not look great, but the Niners are dealing with so many injuries. Uh, Newton, in hindsight, that one big game against Seattle – well, I just talked about how bad Seattle's pass defense is. So maybe we need to reevaluate that a little bit. Um, also, his, you know, his wide receivers have done him no favors either. Um, but yeah, you're, you're the you're Patriots, my Niners. Um, I, I don't feel strongly this, this, on this one, but I back the Niners. When a well-coached team is embarrassed. I know. Like the 49ers two weeks ago. I know. Like the Patriots last week. Because look, look, the Patriots lost to the Chiefs. That's not embarrassing. I mean, you know, they played a competitive game. They held Mahomes down for about half of that game. If not for really poor quarterback play, they could have won. But New England was embarrassed in this Broncos game. I just expect Belichick teams to bounce back. Defense did play pretty well, I thought, against the Broncos. And they held them to all field goals, even though New England's offense looked horrible. I mean, it looked like they'd never met before. That still was a game they could have won in the fourth quarter. I don't know how deserving it would have been. So I I think we're going to get a really strong effort from the Patriots here. It's not all, all that playable for fantasy. They have a very splintered backfield. No receiver. I mean, you know, Edelman had the big game against Seattle, but no receiver has really clicked with Newton. I wonder at what point do we just accept that Nikhil Harry is not going to happen. I, I've been beating that drum so much, I don't, I don't want to keep going there. But 
what if you were the Niners? I mean, who would you really be that worried about beating you? I, I guess you have to have some idea of how you're going to handle Cam. But New England skill players are so ordinary right now. Yeah, I like Demir Bird as a possible cheap DFS option because he's just cheaper than Edelman and the air yards have been there. But yeah, the expectations should be held in check. But the Niners, really, their secondary is ravaged by injury. Um, I'd counter by, to you and say that Drew Locke did get 7.9 YPA last week, but New England's so good with their bend-don't-break defense in the red zone and holding teams to field goals just historically. And the Niners will be without Moster. He's absolutely a running back that does matter, although I do like Jamichael Hasty looking like Devonta Freeman 2.0. He would be the guy I would probably expect to get most of the touches this week um but the Niners are coming off just such a gimmicky type uh week it was impressive coaching but Debo Samuel had minus 30 air yards I mean Garoppolo they're trying to hide him as much as any quarterback in football right now so yeah I'm not exactly sitting here confident with uh what kind of game plan they can go in New England and put up points so uh, yeah. that's gonna be an interesting one I'm thinking the chess match here is gonna be the Patriots are gonna press man and they're going to say oh okay you you want to you know you don't want Garoppolo holding the ball you want to throw all these smoke routes and all these behind the line of scrimmage passes well we're, we're going to get right in your face we're going to dare you to throw over the top of this defense because we don't think you believe Garoppolo can be protected or he can kind of keep his nerve together in the pocket I mean Garoppolo's had a little bit of happy feet he doesn't yeah. look comfortable that ankle may not be healthy so that's the genesis of my Patriots pick. I also want to say I, I feel very confident James White will catch five to seven passes in this game. The problem with White is he has such little touchdown equity, you know, because when the Patriots score a rushing touchdown, it's usually Newton. And if you're going to bet on a running back leading them in rushing, you know, it's probably going to be Harris. So, you know, with White, you're just hoping he does something in the passing game and he may not have any touchdown equity. But, you know, if you need to hit a single um, I'm actually trying to trade for White in the league, and I'm just hoping he gets like six catches for 72 yards, which I think maybe he could do. One other note, the Niners are down to their third string center, and Trent Williams is questionable for this, dealing with an ankle injury too. So, man, that team is banged up. Them and the Eagles, man, their training staffs, uh, I don't know what's going on, but it's been a rough couple of years for both those franchises. So we mentioned the Broncos off that big win at New England. Now they're back home playing the Chiefs, and they're catching nine and a half points. Over under 46 and a half, maybe some reinforcements headed Denver's way where Melvin Gordon and Noah Fan have been at early practices this week. And, and note that the Kansas City defense, fourth in pass DVOA, 27th in rushing DVOA. I don't know if Gordon can exploit that. I don't know if maybe Philip Lindsay will have another strong game. What do you make of the Chiefs and Broncos? I like the points here. Um, I mean, of course, Ben against Mahomes can often make you feel dumb um and i'm waiting for that ceh breakout game with the touchdowns but uh it's a short week for kc you're going to mile high i mean as you said denver's getting healthier they do not have a bad defense um i don't love buying high off their impressive performance against the patriots but that was still an impressive performance against the patriots so um yeah i'll take the points here for sure you get to give ceh credit when he really needed a step up game with the looming levy on bell threat i mean he had it uh, still didn't get the touchdown. He, he did have one fumble that was waved off because his knee was down early, but I, you know, he still did put the ball on the ground. It was kind of a, a nasty hit from the Buffalo defender. I don't want to give him too much blame for it, but uh, I think I took the Chiefs in this game only because I just don't think Denver's going to stop Kansas City. I think Kansas City already has 30 points, and it's just a matter of how much do I trust Drew Locke to keep up with that. I, I think the Chiefs' defense is getting ripped of of late when I don't think it's a bad unit I think Spagnuolo's actually done a pretty good job with it it just you know they had a couple of missteps in recent weeks but I I I think the defense is good enough give them how how 
talented that offense is. I agree with the Chiefs defense is good, but the Broncos defense is one of only a handful that are top 10, both against the pass and the run in DVOA. And um, yeah, I don't actually, this is one we disagree on here because I really like uh, Denver this week. With Watkins, I would presume out another week. This McCall Hardman, it's just so hard to time it when they're going to use him or not. Demarcus Robinson was more active in the Monday game. If you had to dip into that Kansas City waters, which run, uh, which receiver would you be interested in? Oh, all those snaps. you got to go Robinson over Hardman. Yeah. It looks to me like he needs a Tyree Kill injury for Hardman to become a thing. Yeah, all those snaps. Uh, I mean, even Pringle got one, just one fewer than Hardman. So, yeah, Demarcus Robinson isn't the worst flex option if you need him this week at all. Totally buy that. Uh, so the Chargers are off their bye week. Uh, they're 0-4 since they switched starting quarterbacks, but not Justin Herbert's fault. He's been terrific. They just had a, a really difficult patch of opponents. They're seven-and-a-half-point favorites at home against Jacksonville, who uh, after a couple of really nice games to start the season, they easily could have been 2-0. and They've fallen on hard times. They can't seem to do anything right right now. Uh, pretty much every kicker in the it seems like in North America has has tried out for that team and then they end up you know signing them and they miss kicks on Sunday. Anyway, the Chargers as I said, seven and a half point favorites. The total is 49 and a half. What are you doing with the Jags and Chargers? I went back and forth on this one. Ended up laying the points. I'm already seeing the backdoor cover happen uh for sure, but Chargers have lost four in a row. They're so much better than that. I do like their defense on paper entering, you know, as one of the the better fantasy starts this week and Herbert looks like the real deal. Maybe the Chargers, the whole franchise uh, them and Rivers, you know, a team that can't really cover the as, as favorites. Maybe that stink is still there, but um I I, I laid the points. What do you think, Pino? I took the points, but not happy about it. Jacksonville has so many injuries on defense. They, they can't really stop anything. And the offense, I don't know if Chark's still hurt. I, they haven't really figured out how to handle Chenault. I am a big Robinson fan, and I'll mention him a little bit later for DFS purposes. But I thought this offense was going to be more fun. I thought this offense was going to have more fantasy juice week to week. I thought Minshew, I mean, like he's fifth in the Heisman Trophy voting. I, I thought maybe he he probably should have been more of a prospect than he was treated as. And the last few weeks, I'm starting to think, well, maybe he's more of the journeyman, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick type. And if they if the Chargers get healthy on the flip side, though, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams looks like such a star in the making downfield, and even Eckler and Herbert, that's an interesting nucleus. You know, what are you doing with the backfield this week? Justin Jackson and Kelly in this matchup on paper looks fantastic. I mean, you could, you could use both probably, right? You know, I, I think Jackson took control of it in the Saints okay. game. I, I'm, yeah. I'm nervous to, uh, I, I'm nervous to to go to Kelly. I, the fumbling problem. I think Jackson is a guy I wish I had on teams, and I don't. That that's frustrating to me. But Jackson's the guy I wish I had. Yeah, I know he definitely took control as he got to targets too. But red zone, I can still see Kelly being involved. But you're right, maybe the fumbling would become an issue there even. Further, uh, yeah, I, I like uh, Jackson though. In a week with a, a thin running back, uh, he's a. I think I have him borderline in the between the twenty twenty five range this week. So look, every week there's going to be some COVID uncertainty, and we just have to live with it. And that comes into play with the Sunday night game, Tampa Bay at the Raiders. Um, Wednesday news: one of the uh, offensive linemen of the Raiders, I guess, was was either suspected COVID positive or had been exposed to somebody. So basically, the Raiders sent their entire offensive line home. And I wonder if this game might even be in jeopardy as the week goes along. The The Buccaneers are three-point favorites at Vegas. The total was 53.5. I initially picked the Raiders, but right now I just need to get more information before I go anywhere close to this game. 
Yeah, so the Raiders come up a bye and Tampa Bay's coming up a huge win, but I still laid the points here, even the road favorite. Man, the Bucks have allowed the fewest yards per play this season. The Raiders the third most, just such differences on defense here. Ronald Jones, which I'll talk about later. Uh, I love him. So um, I laid the points, but yeah, that's news obviously you have to follow to see if this game even happens. Tampa Bay's got the best defense in football right now. Yeah, I, I don't even I think it's that close. Agreed. You know, I know the Colts were the hot defense for a minute. I still do respect the Bears defense. It I'm also feels it also feels like a year where there just aren't that many, oh my God, not that defense. Yeah, I, I think for the most part, if if you would just, you know, play your best offensive players and not worry about it too much, take advantage of the weak defenses. But there aren't too many de- de- defensive stayaways for me anymore. I it, it's just too easy to play offense right now. Yeah, Pitt's another solid one, but I'm with you so far. Yeah, uh, yeah Tampa sure. Bay is the Tampa Bay is the best defense in football right now. So yeah, yeah, they're uh, uh, they, look at what they did to Green Bay. I mean, Green Bay was absolutely rolling. I mean, that, it looked so good until last week. I mentioned the Bears. They're on Monday night traveling to the L.A. Rams. Uh, the Rams spotting six in this game. The total is 45. What do you make of the Bears and Rams? I actually made this one my best bet. I think the Rams are going to bounce back. They're going to be able to run on this Bears defense. Who And I don't think the Bears are, are meant to play from behind. Foles, yeah, maybe he's better at quarterback, but I think they're going to be in trouble. They're not as good as the record indicates. I think McVay will bounce back from, a, from an ugly performance and uh, beat them by at least a touchdown. Yeah, I like the Rams in this spot too. Um, you know, impressive. They're number one in adjusted line yards, the offensive line with the Rams, and they had a really bad offensive line last year. Yeah, that's great. And you know some of its personnel, but I think a lot of that is on McVeigh. Henderson looks like the real deal. Goff's good enough, you know. Cooks and, and Woods are solid players. I, I know Cook, uh, Woods didn't have um, it was Cooks who didn't have. Um, what I keep saying, Cooks. It was Cooper Cup who did not have a great game last week. But I still think those guys can can go for seventy or eighty yards and a touchdown almost at you know any week. I, I feel comfortable starting them. I. I got to take the loss on Tyler Higby. I know he had the three touchdown game against the Eagles, but he just doesn't get enough looks now. Everett plays a lot, but I'm a McVay guy. I, I know he was the hot coach in the league, and then people kind of backed off on me, get a little bit too. He was like the trendy restaurant that nobody wanted to go to anymore. It was too crowded, but I still think McVay is one of the three or four head coaches in the league that really makes a major difference. You just said the offensive line was horrible last year. They, I think they brought back all five starters. They have the number one rushing offense ranked in DVOA. And it's, I mean, that's with Jared Goff at quarterback. You know, the other rushing offenses up there is like Arizona and New England with running quarterbacks. Number one, the Rams, man. Yes, yeah, so you got to respect that scheme. And yeah, expect, uh, of course, I'm sure it'll backfire. But Daryl Henderson, I ranked again aggressively. So um, yeah, man, McVay's very good. Let's get to some DFS uh, follows and fades. Uh, give us a DFS play that you like for week seven. All right. So if you went really cheap, I mentioned just Greg Olson here because coming off the buy, he's the the minimum $10. Arizona obviously had troubles against tight ends last year. But my pick of the week is Ronald Jones, man. $23 against the Raiders have actually allowed the most fantasy points to running backs, even more than Carolina. I know Fournette, maybe, maybe he'll come back and get uh, suddenly ruined it all. But Jones, the only player in the NFL this year with three straight 100-yard games, the real deal, just if you watch him, I'm buying it. I'm ranking him high. I'm sure it'll be another heartbreak, but uh, give me Ronald Jones. You know, I think I know the Jaguars' offense is a little bit toxic right now, but James Robinson has such a high floor for touches, and he's used enough in the passing game that I don't think there's any game script that's going to get him off the field. And if they're near the goal line, yeah, a couple of weeks ago they ran that god awful play where it was an option pass for Robinson, just burn that play. But I think if they're near the goal line, he's going to get 
opportunities to score. I think if the game is they're ahead, which you, know, you never know, it could be like that. He'll he'll get running attempts. If they're behind, he'll get some passes. I think he should be like a $25, $26 back. I, I think you're getting a discount for him at $19. Let's switch to the fades. These are uh, big name players that we're not going to touch for DFS in this week. Uh, who are you fading in week seven? All right, the big dog, Derrick Henry. Uh, I love the guy. He's going to treat him, obviously, the top three type fantasy back moving forward. But the Steelers have just been so tough against backs. They've allowed NFL low 204 rushing yards against running backs. I know they did just lose Devin Bush, but not the week to pay up for him. I expect the actually Titans maybe to have a nice passing game with, with, with Tannehill there. But I don't think this is the week you pay up for Derrick Henry, who's not, he comes off field on third downs and uh, not necessarily game script dependent, but um, I'm not paying for last week's stats here. He's on a pace for career high for catches, but that speaks to what a low hurdle that would be to clear. You know, I thought McNichols looked pretty good in an understudy role. We're always looking for these backup running backs. Sometimes they miss. Look, you know, Madison was chalked last week and didn't hit. But I feel like McNichols should have a higher uh, ownership tag because, you know, a rostering tag because he what else is there if Henry were to get hurt? Yeah, know, Evans I, is on IR. Darrington Evans is on IR. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I don't understand Chris Godwin at 31 bucks. I don't know how you could ever pay it. He doesn't look healthy to me. This is an offense. I agree with you. It's about Ronald Jones and the defense right now in Tampa Bay. And the receivers haven't really been healthy all year. You know, without the touchdown deodorant, Mike Evans would be having a bust season that we'd be talking about every week, but he's managed to score a few short touchdowns. We finally saw signs of life from Gronkowski in the last couple of weeks. I need a show me game from Godwin. You know, look, you, you have to play him in seasonal. You're kind of forced to do that, but He's not even on my board for DFS. I, I don't even see his name at 31 bucks. I'm not even sure how low we'd have to go. If he was 23 or 24 bucks, I think I'd be fading him. Yeah, and Gronkowski is a thing now. The defense mm-hmm. being so good is such a problem. Brady likes to get rid of the ball so quick. You'd think that'd benefit Godwin, but uh, yeah, that just is, uh, it looks like a run team and a defense-oriented team. But uh, hopefully that game's played, and I will say another uh, thing about using Jones or as a guy you faded um it's always fun to have that Sunday night game that Yahoo allows you know for the main slate so uh that, that's always good to have the, a guy remaining there but hopefully that game does get played it was the world we live in uh who knows yeah it's um grinding has never been more important to fantasy it yeah. used to be oh, okay you make your bids okay you, you check the injury report and then you know see you on Sunday I feel like you need to be aware seven days a week. And as we joked about last week, they have, this is be a year where they'll play football on six of the seven days. Only Wednesday is not represented by an NFL game this year. And I, I wouldn't count it out between now and the end of the year with, with just some of the unusual things we've had to deal with. Uh, so Dalton, uh, tell our listeners, uh, other than the, the fine podcast that you work on, what else are you doing this week? My uh, sit start column will come out Friday. So just give me a follow on Twitter and uh, yeah, wish me luck on the raise, but I, I fear that um, I'm going to be disappointed here. Talk to me. I'll hedge with you, man. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. It's, uh, you have my number. You can text me anytime. We'll see if we can work something amenable out. Uh, as you know, I, you guys probably know, I do the injury wrap on Saturday, which has been longer and longer and deeper and deeper because, you know, the status always changing in the NFL. And I just did an audit of the four running back situations for the teams that played on Monday. So if you want a, a take on CEH, you want to take on Drake or any of the other teams that were involved uh, most recently, that's what I worked on the other day. And uh, of course we have a collaborative piece coming out on Thursday and all the normal stuff. Be sure you check out fantasy football live on Sunday, our flagship show. It's won all sorts of awards and uh, I'll be doing some Twitter Q and a on Sunday morning. And then of course Dalton and I will give you a, 
thorough breakdown of what happened later in the day on Sunday. So lots of stuff going on at Yahoo Fantasy. And again, if you're into the podcast game, all sorts of options over at Yahoo Sports. You can check out the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast with Charles Robinson and, and Therese Paler, who are very fantasy sympathetic. They're in a 20-team league with Dalton and I and Andy and, and a bunch of other people that you know. Um, it's, Charles is the commissioner of that league. Have you ever won the Super League, Dalton? No, I have not won that one. No, have you? Made the playoffs a lot, but I've never I've never uh, lifted the trophy. Maybe this year. I got a pretty good team. Uh, not a, I wouldn't say it's – I don't see anybody running away with it in that league, but uh, it's a 20-team bloodbath. Man, Real challenge to find anything. I mean, last a couple of weeks ago, I picked up James O'Shaughnessy, hoping for 30, 30 yards. I, I think I might have Rodgers in that league. He's my tight end streamer this week. I haven't really figured out tight end in that league, but at least my other players are pretty good. Anyway, Charles and, and Therese are terrific, whether it's NFL, and they do sprinkle in a little bit of fantasy talk on that show. So listen to those guys. And if you're into college sports, hey, the Big Ten coming back this week. Uh, listen to the Yahoo Sports College podcast with Dan Wetzel, Pete Thamel, and our old friend Pat Forty, uh, currently with Sports Illustrated, those guys have been talking sports for a long time. They have really great chemistry in that show and, and get you all you need to know from the campuses as, uh, hey, you know, again, Big Ten football is coming back. The SEC is in, is in full swing, so there's a lot of football to watch. On Saturday, if you want to get social with us, Yahoo Fantasy is, is our main account. I'm Scott underscore Pianowski. Dalton can be followed at Dalton Daldon. And one more thanks to Planters. Keep the cashews coming, keeping us in delicious, salty snacks for over 100 years. That's all we got. Straight cash, homie. Tomorrow, Andy and Liz will be back. They'll preview week seven for fantasy, tell you everything you need to know. For Dalton, for our ace producer, Ragu, I am Scott Pianowski. Go cash some tickets. Go uh, see what you got for you over at BetMGM. We will talk to you soon. It's no secret that our world has been interrupted. A World Interrupted is a daily podcast telling stories of coronavirus and its impact on the economy. So subscribe today on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.